moment, we're going to go to the Lord together in prayer. Aren't you glad we got a prayer answering God? We've got a God that cares about His children. He made you a promise, and God will not fail. It's impossible for God to lie. His word is true. He said, cast your cares on me because I care for you. Brother Leo Wells is sick in body. The Bubon family all have the flu. We have a number of people that are sick that are not here. But we've got a God that's bigger and God that can take care of those problems. You have a need from the Lord with an uplifted hand? If you need our ministry team to anoint you, you want to come forward, let's take our needs to the Lord right now. Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you because you do hear and answer prayer. God, I'm asking you right now to meet every need in this congregation. I ask you to touch Brother Leo and be his healer right now. God, would you touch the Bubon family right now and heal them. Uh, meet every need there. Touch Sister Robin. Strengthen her with the loss of her mom. Uh, and God, in every need that's lifted a hand here, meet that need today, God, like only you can do. God, our faith is in you because you never fail. I'm asking you to move right here, right now. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated, please. The King is here. The King is here. You're alive inside of me. The King is here, the King is here, every heart has been set free, yeah, oh. you are here. 
the praises of his people. For John, the king is here. The king is here. in this place today. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to remind you that there is a youth rally the 23rd of February. That will be at Abundant Life Church for the Dan Oliveras Church. And uh, Brother Adam will be telling you more about that. And we have a drama here with Brother Terry Vig, Brother Howie Tiller, and Brother Galen Cantrell. And that is the last Tuesday of this month. You don't want to miss that. And it will begin at 7 o'clock. Right now, our usher's coming. We're going to give you an opportunity to give in an offering. Has God been good to you? We have a missionary with us tonight. We're so glad to have them with us. They have traveled about 1,500 miles in two days to get here. They drove 1,000 miles yesterday. Stopped in Gallup, New Mexico last night and drove in today to be in this service. Be mindful of that as you give tonight. Dear Jesus, thank you for an opportunity to give to your cause. I ask you right now, bless the gift. The giver, use it all for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want to give electronically, our church secretary has a card reader at the back. You can give online at ptlv.org. Or you can bring your offering up right now. God bless you.
you thankful for that blood. Washed away all of your sins. Gave you a fresh start. I fell in a hole there. We're so glad to have Brother and Sister Richardson with us. They are our missionaries to Madagascar, and I'm going to turn this service over to them. I told him he can teach, he can preach, he can break out the overhead projector, he can tell you all about Madagascar, he can do anything he wants to do. They do have a booklet of pictures. It's a picture book that uh, Sister Richardson and one other person put together. They're $20 out on that front table. If you want one of those after service, someone will be out there to, to service you with that. Um, if the Lord speaks to you and you want to support this missionary, when we take on a missionary, it's for at least four years. We've had some, we've had 20 years, but it's for at least four years. So if you make a commitment, if you feel like, you know, I want to do something, you write it on a piece of paper, you write your name, you write the amount that you're going to give every month for at least four years, and you give that to me after service tonight if the Lord speaks to you there. Amen. Brother and Sister Richardson, thank you for your sacrifice of driving across this country to be with us. Come and take your liberty tonight. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord this evening where it's warm and the Holy Ghost wind is a-blowing? Showers of blessing may be falling, not quite like what's outside those doors. Can't think of a better place to be when the weather's like it is on the outside to be in and feel what we're feeling on the inside. Amen. Thank you, Brother Blizzard, for allowing us to come and be here and represent to you our burden and our calling for the nation of Madagascar. You may be seated. Uh, we want to give you some information. I've got some slides we'll share with you and then also a small video presentation at the end of those to just to give you a little bit of information about Madagascar. But when the whole thing's said and done after the service, feel free to come and talk to us. Ask us some questions, and I always like to tell people, you can ask anything. If you ask me something that I don't know the answer to, I'm just going to make something up because you're not going to know the difference anyway. No, I'll try not to do that. I'll give you as much information as I can. But we are Chris and Paula Richardson, missionaries to the nation of Madagascar. Now, it's just the two of us traveling, but we actually do have two kids. Well, they're not kids anymore. They're grown up. They're living in the St. Louis, Missouri area. Our daughter has finished her college education to this point and has a bachelor's in uh, social work. Our son is pursuing his degree at Urshan College, and they both are wanting to be actively involved in missions work themselves. Our daughter has done AIM work, and she plans on doing AIM again this summer, and our son who knows where he's going to end up? We just put that in the Lord's hands, and the Lord will guide them. Now, most people don't really know where Madagascar's at, so this is to help you out. It's there circled in red. It is in the world, but just about as far as you can get from here. We were looking at it when we were coming in this, this afternoon. It's 11 time zones to the east from here. So, I mean, there's only 24 time zones around, so it's 11 that way, 13 that way. That's almost halfway around the world. It's a long way away, but it's, it's not what you would normally think of as an island. You see it there up 
next to Africa, and it kind of looks small. But it's actually almost 230,000 square miles, which makes it twice the size of Nevada. And it has a population of about 25 million people, which, of course, Nevada doesn't have a whole lot of people. Got a lot of, got a lot of desert area, but not a whole lot of people. So that makes us about eight times the population of the state of Nevada. Big place and a lot of people. But we're excited about what the Lord's doing there. To give you a little history about the church there, it was my grandparents who originally went there. They left the U.S. in 1969 and headed to Madagascar because that's where the Lord had called them to go. They did not know anyone. They did not know the language. There was no church waiting on them there. When they got there, it was nothing. But they, they arrived and began to learn the Malagasy language because you cannot study that in advance. You have to be on site to, to learn the language unless you're a Mormon. The Mormons do, when they land in Madagascar, they're young missionaries. They already speak Malagasy. It's quite phenomenal. They have somebody that teaches them there in, in Salt Lake City, I'm sure. But uh, my, my granddad, he'd take the English Bible, the Malagasy Bible, set them side by side and teach himself the biblical theological vocabulary. Now, his grammar was never very good. His pronunciation was horrible. And when you get up and speak, they said they couldn't understand half of what he was saying. Fortunately, he used enough scripture, and they could read the scripture along with him so they could pick it up and finally figure out what he was saying. But they said what really made the difference was the spirit that they felt when he spoke God's word and preached truth, and they would receive what he had to say. And after the church was originally started there in the capital city, then new churches began to be planted, another early work there. And, of course, coming with that is baptism. And here you see some of the early baptisms that took place in the country of Madagascar. After a few years, they were finally able to purchase a, a nice large truck garage that they converted into a church, and it's still being used today. That, that building, it's gone through several different remodels over the years, but it's still being used, and it's our largest church. Uh, we would still probably call it the headquarters church, even though our headquarters office is no longer located there on that property, but it's still our mother church, if you want to put it in that term. And everybody wants to be like that. Now, from the very beginning, my grandpa and my grandma realized that to really reach Madagascar, you would have to train the Malagasy people. Because, you know, I can only do so much. I can only reach so many. But if I can train others and send them out, we can multiply our effectiveness. So this was one of the early training sessions there in the headquarters church, and that then went on to be Bible school. In 1976, some reinforcements arrived, and that would have been my parents, along with their two young children, Chris, that's me, and Jerry, that's my younger sister. And there we are when we first got to Madagascar, hadn't been there very long. In 1994, my wife and I, I came back to the States in 88, went to Bible college, and then Went back to Madagascar in 1994. This picture would have been probably actually from 1996, I think. Uh, our daughter was born there while we were in the AIM, on the AIM program in the beginning stages 
of our work as missionaries. And, of course, if you do the math, 1994, here we are in February 2019. That means we have been missionaries for 25 years. Now, I know we don't look old enough to be missionaries that long, but I'm not going to be able to say that much longer. I'm starting to, starting to catch up with me, but uh, that, that's quite a few years doing missionary work. But we're thankful for what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord for constant church growth over the almost 50 years from the beginning of that work until today. And the next slide you'll see, here's a group of people, ministers, preachers, and their wives praying in the altars in Madagascar. The church has grown from the zero that it was when my grandparents first got there And then when my parents got there, they were up to seven churches. When we went back as missionaries in 1994, they were up to about 250 churches. But today, we now have over 1,100, almost 1,200 churches scattered around that island. We're thankful for what the Lord has done in Madagascar. Amen. Uh, If you feel the Lord talking to you in this service about becoming a sponsor of ours, a partner with us, as your pastor said there, just let him know and please be faithful to that. If you do not want to get into a a long-term commitment, but you want to give to a specific project, I do have a list of projects here that you can be involved in. Uh, You can do that through the church, and if he guides you and tells you, you can also do it directly on your phone by texting CRMAD to 71777. It'll send you a link, and from there you can give to one of those projects and a few others that I don't have listed here that you could be a part of. So just talk to your pastor first, get permission. I don't want to take anything without, well, without the pastor's blessing. But if you want to be involved, there are ways that you can be involved, either long-term or short-term, in what the Lord is doing in Madagascar. Uh, It's quite interesting right now. The next picture here shows us with our aimers. They are actually on their way back to Madagascar right now. They're about three hours away from Madagascar once they get on the plane in Nairobi. They left yesterday, and it's a long way. It's longer to get to Madagascar than it is to get to Las Vegas from Bossier City. It's a lot longer to get to Madagascar. But we are so thankful for the work that they've been able to do over the past uh, 14, 15 months that they were there as aimers. And if you feel the Lord dealing with you about being missionaries, at least short-term missions, there are openings in Madagascar and many other places around the world. I would advise you don't put it off too long. If the Lord's dealing with you about doing work on a mission field, open yourself up to it. At least go try it out for a little while and let him guide you and direct you as he would have you do something in his kingdom. I want to ask my wife to come and to greet you, give you a little bit more information. We still have several slides there, and she'll, she'll go through those and give you more information about what the Lord is doing in the country of Madagascar. Praise the Lord. It is good to be in the house of the Lord tonight, and I'm thankful that we didn't drive all that way just to come and sit around and patty cake, but we came to have church, and I think y'all came to have church too, so I'm glad to be here, I tell you. It was a long way, but um, we are happy to be here. I'm very glad that we were able to make it in time for service, but 
Um, I'd like to thank your pastor for allowing us to come and to share our burden with you. And um, I'm just glad that we can come into the presence of God on a on a chilly, I was not expecting it to be cold in Las Vegas, Nevada, but on a chilly Tuesday night, and we can come together and worship and magnify the name of Jesus. And um, it's just good. It's a good life living for the Lord. Amen. Uh, we can sing a chorus for you, Malagasy. People are often curious about the language in Madagascar. They speak Malagasy. It is a unique language, not spoken anywhere else in the world. So um, usually the easiest way is just to sing and let you hear it. And some of you may recognize the song that we sing. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise God for saving me. Amen. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise God for saving me. If he didn't do anything else but Calvary, that would be worthy of praise, but he's done so much more. Amen. Okay, I'm up here to talk about Madagascar. Um, I'm just happy to be out of the car, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I was getting tired of that car by the time we pulled into Vegas. Okay, Madagascar. Um, most people here in America have really not heard that much about Madagascar. Some of you may have seen the little movie that came out a few years ago. Uh, so you might know about the lemur. That is something that most people recognize about Madagascar. We do have the monkey-like animal that's found only in Madagascar and in zoos here in North America. Uh, we don't have any of the animals that Africa is famous for, but we do have the lemur. Uh, the next question we get asked a lot is about the food in Madagascar. Uh, quite easy to answer that because Malagasy's eat rice three times a day if they're fortunate enough to get it. Amen. They do love their rice. Sometimes they'll eat plain rice by itself. And when rice is good kind of rice that tastes good, you can eat it by itself. None of this American instant minute rice, whatever they call it. It's nasty. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, if they can afford it, they'll eat something with their rice. Here is one of their favorites and my husband's favorite, which is why we have a picture of it. Uh, it is Malagasy pork and beans. And so that is their favorite. I would like to pause here and thank the ladies here in North America who give to Mother's Memorial. Um, because of that, I do not have to cook my food over an open fire like the Malagasy's do, but I have a stove and refrigerator, and I don't have to wash my clothes in the river like the next picture. The Malagasy ladies have to wash their clothes in the whatever water they can find, but I'm very thankful for my washer and dryer. So if you have supported Mother's Memorial, thank you so very much. It is such a blessing in my life, particularly and for missionaries all around the world. 
Uh, Madagascar, the church there, we have a very strong national work, very thankful for the national leaders that we work with. Pictured here is the general board seated across the front, and then the other leaders behind them, department leaders, regional leaders. And uh, we're very blessed to have um, very, very strong uh, national leaders there. They're continuing the work while we're home. Um, our church there is organized a lot like church here in the States. We have children's ministry, youth ministry, ladies' ministry, men, um, education, evangelism, home missions. We have all of those in Madagascar, and these are the leaders of those different departments. Um, one of the reasons for the strong national leadership is the training that we have for them. We have our Bible school, but then we also have leadership training. We have seminars and conferences throughout the year. And one of my husband's responsibilities, in addition to being a missionary in Madagascar, he is responsible to coordinate Leadership Development Africa. And this is a Vision for Africa ministry under um, the leadership of the regional director, Brother Randy Adams. And um, they have seminars for leaders all across the Africa region. And so um, that is something. And we do have a project to raise funds that will help them have more of these seminars. But the main part of our work in Madagascar, we don't pastor a church there, but we work with all of these different uh, ministries, the youth and, and traveling, and we um, are on the road a lot in Madagascar. But one thing that we are very involved in is our Bible school, and um, you'll hear more about that later. But the Bible school has really been a foundation of our work there as we've been able to train and send out uh, men and women who feel a call of God on their life to be uh, pastors or evangelists. Now, we have Christian workers courses that are done on a local church level. We have several thousand um, people enrolled in those courses at any given time, but they're taught in a local church. They'll have a midweek where they come together and study um, your basic Bible doctrine courses. But we do have the Bible school for those who feel a call of God to preach. And so we have three schools now. We have one in the north, one in the central part, and then one in the mid-south. And next term, we want to build more Bible schools so that we can get it even more accessible to them out in their region. But currently, we have 154 students enrolled in those three schools. And if they're married, their wife comes with them, and we have classes for the ladies as well. And when they graduate, they go start pastoring. There's, that's just what they do. So this was our Bible school gradu excuse me, our gradu graduation from uh, 2018, just a few months ago in September. And um, we're very excited. The reports that are already coming in, I had just, just the other day one of them, um, one of these graduates posted on Facebook, and um, they had baptized, I think it was three last Sunday. So that's exciting that that revival is continuing. Amen. We also work with the youth. Um, now, like my husband said, we're not as young as we used to be, but we still work with our young people and, and the youth department in Madagascar, and uh, very thankful for our young people. And I would like to say thank you to the young people here in North America who give to She's for Christ. If anybody's ever done anything for She's for Christ, well, Madagascar has been blessed by She's for Christ for many years. This is one of the first vehicles that was purchased in Madagascar with She's for Christ funds. It's my husband's grandfather. And then a more recent picture of our current She's for Christ vehicle. Uh, very, very thankful for our Volkswagen truck, and it gets us many, many miles in Madagascar. So thank you for giving. But one of the ministries that I'm involved in, it's very dear and dear to my heart, is children's ministry. And I believe in investing in our children. And so um, 
We've been doing that in Madagascar. It was one of the first things that my husband's grandparents started was to, uh, Sunday school, and we've continued to build on that foundation. All of our churches have uh, classes for all ages, and so um, because of that, I was asked to oversee that ministry all across Africa. And so we have uh, Reaching Africa's Children and Youth is a Vision for Africa ministry, and we do training seminars all across the region. And last year, we had, um, oh, where's my numbers? Last year, we issued 3,340 certificates um, to teachers who attended training seminars all across Africa in 12 different countries. And so I'm very thankful for that training, and we're believing God for um, just great results. Um, typically in Africa, um, some of our churches are uh, the children, you know, they kind of wait for them to grow up to involve them in, in the services and what's going on. But we've told them, you know, kids can get the Holy Ghost and their faith is a lot greater than ours sometimes <laughs> because, you know, you get older and you start reasoning with yourself why God can't do something. But when you tell a four or five, six-year-old that God can heal, they believe God can heal. And so they have faith. And so we're seeing great things happen with our, with our children and young people. I love seeing all the children here tonight. And so um, it's just a big part of our church in Madagascar and um, all across Africa. If you would like to follow um, our ministry, uh, we do have a Facebook ministry page. This is not a personal page, but it's just for uh, ministry. You can go to Facebook and uh, search for UPC Mad. You can like that page. And you will see updates um, that we post. We don't post a lot. It's not like you're going to get slammed or anything. But we do try to post things from time to time um, on the revival that's taking place in Madagascar. And then your pastor already mentioned we do have the photo books. Um, this is a full color of, I think it's like 45 pages of pictures that I, um, I took and one of the young men in our church took. Um, it's different scenes. Um, just lots of interesting things I think you'll like. Um, you can get one of those after service. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to talk to us. We love answering questions, and uh, we've been asked all sorts of things through the years, so don't be shy, and uh, we're happy to answer those. But thank you for partnering with missionaries all across the globe. I love seeing all the flags in here. Now, I didn't see the Madagascar flag, but that's okay because it's a pretty obscure flag. But um, we know that when you partner with a missionary, whether that's through your finances or through prayer, you have a part in our ministry. So the souls that we see saved, you have a part in that. But not only do you have a part in a mission field around the world, but you have a mission field right here in your community, in your school, at work, uh, your neighborhood. So we're not the only missionaries here tonight. We're all missionaries. When you're filled with the Spirit, you have been told to go and for some people, that means going across the world. For other people, that may just mean going across the lunchroom at school or going across the street to your neighbor or talking to someone in the grocery store. So um, I want to encourage us all tonight to, um, to do what we can to reach the lost with the, with the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here. God bless you. I do want to share a little bit from the Word of God this evening, but before I do so, I would like to show you a, a short video presentation about Madagascar. And a disclaimer, this is still in the works. Uh, our video uh, editor guy, he's put the video part together for us to see if it works, and then we're going to go back and put the voice over. So I just got this the other day, and we'll go ahead and share it with you, and I'll just 
ad-lib some voiceover to it just so you can get a, a, you know, some view of what's going on in Madagascar. Now, in the middle of this presentation, you're going to see something, and that's, that's something that's very different from what most of us would be used to. It's their form of religion. In Madagascar, they believe that there is a God, one God who created all things. But the thing is, is they don't believe that people can have direct access to God. But what they think is that when someone dies, their spirit goes to be in the presence of the Creator God, and then those who are alive will pray to their ancestors, and their ancestors will take their prayer request to God for them. Now, there's several cultures that have something similar to that. But Madagascar has a little bit different take on it because what they will do is every few years, they'll go to the tombs where the dead are buried, and they, they bury their dead in tombs that are above the ground, but you have to go into an opening and kind of go under to get into that, that tomb. And they'll go in there and bring out the remains of some of their esteemed ancestors and have a big party that day honoring those ancestors, hoping that they'll do and say the right things during that ceremony to cause those ancestors to be more willing to take their prayer request to God for them. Aren't you glad you don't have to go to the tomb and bring out old so-and-so uncle or grandpa or whoever it might be? But you can come and open up and talk to him directly, and he hears you, and he's ready to help you wherever you are, whoever you are. doesn't matter. He's willing to help you. I'm so thankful I know who Jesus is. But that's what missions is all about. It's about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who do not yet know truth and help deliver them from the darkness that they are a part of and let them see the light of truth and be saved by that gospel message. So just watch a little bit of this information and see at the end of how our church is growing and just how people love to worship the Lord and the happiness that you'll see. You'll see a, a marked difference from the people in the first part of the video and the people at the end part of the video because the first part is just scenery, people. The last part is people that have been changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And you'll see the difference in their face. So worship the Lord as we see what's happening in Madagascar.
Once again, thank you, young people, and she's for Christ. This ceremony is what they call the Famadiana, which would literally be translated the turning or the turning of the dead. And that's where they go to the tomb that you see pictured here. And they have this ceremony where they open up the tomb, go into it, and bring out the remains of some of their ancestors. So you're going to see a little bit of that over the next minute. they place them back in the tombs at the end of the ceremony, they will rewrap them in fresh raw silk cloth, all to show their honor to these ancestors and thank them for being the mediators between them and God. Our national campgrounds at conference time, packed with people. Bible School Central Campus is located there at that campgrounds. And this is still the secret to reaching Madagascar, is training nationals and sending them to reach their own.
in our national conference will normally have in this building anywhere from 12 to 15,000 people in attendance of any one service with about 25,000 people passing through uh, during that conference week. crusade we had. There's our latest Bible school. ask you a question. Does the world need you? Does this world need a person like you? Or what you do, what you, what you are doing in your life, is it significant? Does it have meaning? Do you ever feel like what you're doing is really unnecessary? Do you feel like if you no longer were here, that most people would just continue on their lives and never even notice. Does the world need a person like you? There was a small group of people gathered on a hillside near a small lake in a dusty land around a teacher that was not accepted by the religious leaders of that day. This group was not what most people would think of as an impressive group. The power of the world in that day was in Rome, and that was far, far away. The philosophers of the day were Greek, but those philosophies were not known by these simple villagers gathered there that day. These were people that had no money, no influence, no real knowledge of the events of that day. It was just another small group hearing another teaching on any normal day. Did the world need those people? Were they significant? Jesus thought so. Because he made a bold claim concerning the people that he was teaching that day. We know that Jesus had a way of speaking. And he would use simple things to proclaim deep truths. He would use everyday things to reveal wonderful truths in Scripture. In his messages, he taught, there's one compilation of his, of his messages that we consider and, and call the Sermon on the Mount. And it contains many different word pictures. A clear representation of a strange idea. He used illustrations, and we find one of those in Matthew chapter 5, verse, beginning with verse number 13. 
He said to them, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, its savor, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the feet. Then he goes on and says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus looked at this group of people who had no money, no culture, no sophistication, no influence, but he said to them, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And his statement changed the future ministry of the church. Every good Jewish believer, Hebrew, that believed Old Testament law, they had a devotional mindset, and that continues until today. Their service to God is a private matter for the most part. You do what's right in his sight. You study the law. You obey it. You observe the Sabbath. You raise your family to honor God, but you would never really think of taking your belief and sharing it with a foreigner, someone else. Mainly you would do what was right and just mind your own business. But on that day, Jesus made a statement, you are the salt of the earth. And he moved religion from being something private to something in everyday life, public. No longer would it be enough to just live a good life on your own. But now believers must live a life that will impact others as well. Because that's what salt does. So this brings me back to my question. Does the world need you? Does the world really need a person like you? Is what you are doing significant or not? Well, if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, then the answer is yes, or rather it should be yes. Our role, our purpose in life becomes clear when we begin to examine that analogy of salt. Now, salt, we all know a little bit about it, and I'm not going to go into a a deep science lesson here today, but salt, we, we know about it because most of us will use it in our food because it enhances the flavor. It's funny how you can add salt to one thing, and you, you taste something, and you add salt to something else, and you taste something else because what the salt does, it somehow enhances the flavor of, of that dish. If you look at two dishes of, of food, just by looking, you will not be able to tell which one does and which one does not have salt. But if you take a little taste, you know this one does and this one doesn't. 
And so Jesus made the statement. He says, you, you, you who are following me, you who hear my teaching today, you are salt. The salt of this earth, the world. You're salt. Now, salt is produced by a chemical reaction. But it's also one of the more common substances found on earth. There's many different types of salt. One of the most common salts that we find in our lives is table salt. That is a combination of basically two poisonous substances. But somehow once they get combined, they're safe to use within reason. You don't want to overuse them. Another neat thing about salt is if you have a body of water, the saltier that water is, the more buoyant, the, the, more, the easier things can float in that water. That's why people can float easier in salt water than fresh water. Salt is necessary for us and our human body. Animals will crave salt even though they do not understand it. They just know their body craves it and they need it for their bodies to function properly. Most of us prefer a little salt in our food. But there's a scriptural parallel to that, something spiritual. Jesus compares the believer to salt. And he's talking about not a physical salt, but a spiritual salt, and how the world really does need us in a spiritual way. Just think at what happened to that little group that Jesus was talking to that day. Not that long afterwards, just in a matter of a few years, the church was started. It was not a complex organization like what we have today with the headquarters and, and so on at the beginning. That's something that came later. It was simple. They did not have nice, expensive buildings. There wasn't even a New Testament written yet. But they had something that had been given to them, which was the Spirit, that was more important than religious structure. They had the presence of the living God. God was with them, and they knew it. There was nothing else, no prestige, no honor. They were not citizens of the Roman Empire. They were mostly unlearned fishermen and servants. Today, most people probably would not pay attention to a group like that. The government of Rome, probably, if they had understood what Jesus was trying to say and had heard it, they probably would have laughed. Wait a minute, Jesus, this group? You think they're important? You think they can accomplish much? They're nobody. But they did. They did accomplish a lot. And even today, we, the church, are holding back the forces of evil in this world by our lives and our prayers. When they started, they were just a small group, and then small groups in Jerusalem. Then someone was born that was, not a, was baptized that was not a Jew, and it began to spread to the Gentiles all over Asia and Europe. Things began to happen. Antioch was stirred. Samaria, Rome, Corinth, Galatia, Ephesus, Colossae, 
Philippi, Thessalonica. Soon every larger community had a group of believers. They came together, much like what we're doing here this evening, to encourage one another, to testify of the goodness of Jesus Christ in their life, to pray together, to study, to preach the Word. But I think they understood that it was about more than what they did when they gathered together. It was about what they did when they went their own way. Because salt together in a bunch, in a, 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 a heap on the table, does not do any good. Salt just put in the salt shaker and left there is not benefiting anyone. But for salt to be good, it must be scattered. It must be shaken out. It must be put somewhere where it's needed. And for us, we are the salt of the world. In here, it's not that big a deal. In here, we're all salt together. But when we can take our salt and take it out to a world that is bland, that is without life, that is without hope, that do not have a hope for tomorrow, but we can share the good news of Jesus Christ, our life becomes salt in this world. That's what Jesus meant. And that's what we today must remember. We need the power and the determination of the church of the book of Acts to be evident in our church today. The purpose Jesus was talking about was to influence the world. It was bland, tasteless, decaying, rotting. Salt could change all that. Salt must touch something in order to influence it. it. Has to be in contact with it to influence it. Salt is used as a preservative. It can keep something from decaying. Salt in ancient times was considered to be one of the purest things there was. It provides flavor. It transforms bland food into tasty food. True Christianity is to life what salt is to food. The sad thing is this, that many people view Christianity as something that takes flavor out of life. They don't understand it. They don't realize what's really happening. Salt's effects cannot be reversed. Have you ever put too much salt in your food? Can you just go in there and you know, take the salt back out? No. Either you have to go get another plate of food, or you have to add more food to what you had to kind of dilute it a little bit so you can eat it. That's a scary thing. Our influence can be diluted. We've got to make sure we're putting enough out there. 
but salt will create a thirst. If you're salt, eat too much salt, you get thirsty. You want something to drink. Our salt should cause people to be thirsty for living water. Now, here's a few more things to think about. You cannot give away what you do not have. And he said there, if the salt has lost its flavor, he repeated that in Mark as well, salt's good. But if it's lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? When it's no longer salty, and we need to examine our lives and make sure we are the salt that our world needs. There was a French philosopher one time named Albert Camus, or Albert Camus, as probably most English speakers would say. He was not a Christian. In fact, he was very skeptical of faith. But one time he was invited to speak to a group of church leaders. And the subject they asked him to speak on was, what does the world expect from Christians? As he spoke, he said, the world expects Christians to speak clearly and pay the price personally. Basically, what he was saying is the world does not want them to be fake. If you say you believe, show you believe. Let your action prove. That's the same thing James said. He said, show me your faith without works, but I'll show you my faith by my works. The things that I do will prove what I believe. We have a saying, actions speak louder than words because it's so clear. When you do something, it it portrays very clearly what you believe, where your life is at. And that's exactly what he said. If we want to affect our world, we must be living the life and not just saying that we are. A scary thought is that we would become insignificant. We become impure. It'll mess up our flavor. It'll mess up our influence. My life is only significant if it is the salt that Jesus wants me to be. He didn't say, you're the sugar. He said, you're the salt. We may not be influential in the eyes of this world when you look at it in a natural sense, but in a spiritual sense, we can be significant and influential in our world. So let me ask you again, does the world need you? Does the world need someone like you? If you are truly a follower of Jesus Christ, then the answer is yes. They do whether they realize it or not. They need you. If you are doing what you should be doing in the world around you.
So tonight we are here, we've shared with you about Madagascar. But just like my wife said earlier, we're not the only missionaries here. And if you want to be involved in Madagascar, there's ways you can do that. But one of the most important things I want to leave with you is you need to be involved in your community. You need to be reaching out to people around you, sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, so that their lives can be changed because that is what the church is all about. We must reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go and be the salt that this world needs. Let the light of Jesus Christ shine through you as you impact the world around you. You'll go to this community. We'll go to the far side of the globe. But working together, we will reach our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And lives will be changed. People will repent of their sins. They will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And they will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, just like 27,000 people did in Madagascar last year alone, and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that. Our world needs us to be who we are supposed to be so their lives will be changed. Can we all stand to our feet? If you're here tonight and you feel like you need to do a little bit better, I came here to challenge you tonight. And if you feel like, yeah, maybe you've done a few things, but there's still a whole lot more that you can be doing to reach those around you to impact the lives of others. You don't have to figure out how you're going to do it yet. All I want to see is are you willing to try? Are you willing to make the effort and allow Jesus to work in your life and make you the witness, the salt that he wants you to be in this community? If you're willing to try, I said, you don't have to figure out how it's all going to work yet. But you're just willing to say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Use me. If that's how you feel, I want to invite you to come to the front this evening. Come to this altar. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've gotten self-centered about some things in my life. I'm sorry that I've got distracted I'm sorry that I haven't done everything that you envisioned for me to do. But Lord, I commit myself to you tonight. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to do better. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know where. I don't know what. But Lord, I am willing. Here I am. Speak through me. Speak to me. Guide me. Direct my steps, Lord. Let me be the salt that you want me to be. Help me to be the light that you need me to be in this community. I'm willing. I will do what you have me to do. Oh, just talk to him from your heart. Talk to him from your heart tonight.
to him. It belongs to him. Your life is not your own. It belongs to him. There's a world outside our doors that's watching your life. They're looking for somebody that has something to give to them. Peter and John headed up to the temple being the hour of prayer. A beggar said to them, give me something. Give me an alm. They said, silver and gold have I none. But I didn't lose my saltiness. I've got something that you need. Uh, Such as I have, give I thee. Uh, Oh, hear me today. You need to walk outside these doors and say, such as I have. Uh, God, I've got something from you. Uh, You filled me with your spirit. Uh, You gave me something the world needs. Uh, And God, I'm going to give it to them. Uh, I'm going to share it with them. Are you willing to give yourself away? Are you willing to give yourself away to His kingdom? Let me tell you something. You'll never give God more than He'll give you. You'll never give God more than He'll give you. He's not a debtor to anybody. But it's when you give Him what you have, you give it to Him. You watch God. You watch God. The world outside our doors is looking for somebody that's got an answer to their problems. I received a text from a businessman today, and he's been MIA, he's been missing in action for a while. I've been trying to reach him. And he asked for prayer. He said, I've been with my family because my little niece. I think she was 12 years old, committed suicide. She was bullied by other kids for so long until she took her life. And He said, are there any answers? Are there any answers? Young people, when you walk into your school, you don't know who's next. You need to walk in there saying every day, God, show me that one that's closest to eternity 
let me be their friend. Uh, Let me show them your love. Uh, When you walk into your job, you better walk into your job praying, God, uh, there's somebody here that needs you today that's closest to eternity. Let me touch them. We are missionaries. When you pull out of this parking lot, you're entering the harvest field. Let God use you. Thank you, Brother and Sister Richardson. Thank you for for sharing your heart with us. Again, if the Lord spoke to you and you want to give something, you write it down, give it to me. We will take care of being sure we communicate with them. And I am thankful that we have missionaries on the field. I'm thankful for the United Pentecostal Church because we reach around the world, over 200 countries. We're reaching the world with the message of Jesus Christ. We could not do it as a church by ourselves, but we can do it with the United Pentecostal Church. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. If you want to know more, if you want to ask them questions in the back. Do they have snakes over there? They do? Yep. Not poisonous snakes. I saw a crocodile big enough to eat somebody for lunch. I, you know, think I'll just stay right here in Nevada. Thank God called me right here. Thank God for calling me here. There's no mosquitoes either. Got a lot of things to be thankful for. Amen. Thank you for your presentation. Go back, get one of those books. Bless them. God bless you. You're dismissed. In Jesus' name, shake hands, be friends.